Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Uninformed Podcast. I'm your host for this week, Zach, and with me we have Jonah. Hey! Hey, and we have Jared. How's it going? Hello, my smart little friend. Who you call little? My big friend. <laughs> That's a little better. Hey! <laughs> and we have Ethan. How's it going? I'm doing good, my smart little friend. I'm glad you're doing well, my miniature-sized friend. Whoa, I think oh. I'm... All right. Wow, what an intro, guys. I don't yeah, like I don't, exactly. I don't like being called miniature. Us. So, for this week, picture this. You're sitting down at a diner with your twin brother, and you are a prolific inventor. You're speaking to two Belgian investors that can change your life forever. Take a little sip of the cranberry juice, and then suddenly... You put your hands on your neck, and then you start walking out, and then you're gasping for air. You're delirious. The world is shaking, and then you start falling to the ground, vomiting profusely. What? And then shut up. You say, "They poisoned me." No. They no. killed me. What? No. Who? The bugs. That's the question. Was it the Belgian investors? Was it General Motors? What? Why was General Motors involved? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That that's that's the whole theory, right? So was it aliens? Uh, was it General so Motors? Did he or did he get murdered? Did he not get murdered? Or did he get murdered? Is the question. <laughs> now, Zach, so, when you're talking about this person, is this still a fictitious scenario? Because you told me to imagine this. Is this real, or am I imagining this? You for a second you were imagining, but it's not you. Thank God. Oh, oh man, uh, that was a close one. It's another guy by the name of Stanley Meyer. Whoa, wow. Stanley yeah. Meyer. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Are you serious, dude? Yeah. Whoa. So, we'll get into him in a little little while here, because he is obviously the main event. But you need to know a little background first. So, there is this huge problem around, the 19, around 1975, 1970s, with the oil embargo that was imposed by Saudi Arabia. And... Stanley wanted to find a way to circumvent this or get around it. Naturally. Yeah, so he can, uh, obviously, so he can help America avoid those uh, gas prices that would eventually skyrocket because of the oil embargo. So, he had this idea to invent a water-powered car. Water? Yeah. Whoa. Yep. And the water-powered car would potentially overthrow or disrupt the oil and gas industry. Jeez. It would revolutionize global warming as we know it. So the CO2 emissions and the nitrogen gases, all the greenhouse gases that are given off, like like I said, automobiles, trains, planes, you name it, those forms of transportation, they release into the air and they act they create a blanket around the earth. And then the radiation, and the, the rays from the sun, bounce off from the earth, and then they're trapped by that blanket, causing a um, slowly warming the earth. That sounds like so global warming. That's what global warming is, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. So, this was uh, one of the reasons why Stanley Meyer wanted to invent this car to counteract global warming as well. Before I move on, is there any questions on anything? So you're saying this dude, I... Go on. he saw how bad the world is getting in terms of global warming in the 70s, 
plus all that oil embargo crap. He just says he's going to build a car that runs on water. How the yeah. heck? I don't. Water is not combustible. How the heck is he going to get any power out of that? Oh, good point. Oh, wow, that is a good point. Well, there is a process known as electrolysis. So okay. the way electrolysis works, um, Meyer used a water fuel cell. So think of a container, and then you fill it with water, and then within that container, there is an electric current. So there's electricity running through this water, and the hydrogen cells are burnt off. Okay, and then the emissions are oxygen and some water that are going out the other side. So that's how he's getting his fuel. And uh, there's a supposed cycle where it defies, as we'll go into pretty soon, it defies the laws of physics, especially thermodynamics, because the output is greater than the input. Well, hold on. So you're telling me the output was greater than the input? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not a scientist but I thought energy couldn't be created hey that's that's a great point as well so yeah the laws of physics state that energy cannot be created or, or destroyed I'm going to call my buddy Ethan here to explain the laws of thermodynamics alright boy uh, okay here. there's a few of them but I'm suspecting that if you're going to be talking about Stanley Myers and the hydrogen powered car I assume that you'll want to go over the first law of thermodynamics. And Jonah already said it very eloquently. The first law of thermodynamics states that energy can only be transferred in form. It cannot be created nor destroyed. Meaning, let's think about this, boys. If you're pedaling a bicycle, right, there's some power that your legs produce, and it converts the bike into some motion. If you ride an e-bike, then you got your legs plus the power of that electric motor equals the total energy and power of that bicycle, right? You can't be have the bike can't have more power than your legs and the electric motor can provide. Same thing here. Let's say Stanley Myers makes this hydrogen-powered car. The amount of energy that it produces can't be more than he's putting into it, and he has to put energy in. Tish, I don't know. I don't want to. I, I don't want to make any assumptions here, but I'm assuming if he has his water cell on board and he's doing electrolysis on it, you have to input energy into the water to get hydrogen out, right? So that means that exactly, yeah, to burn that hydrogen right. and get so, the yeah. Well, you obviously you're right. You would need hydrogen in for it to. For the so if to he's complete. if if he's doing the electrolysis on board, how I, that the math ain't math in there because he's inputting energy and he's getting more out. So yeah, the, the math ain't math in there. That's that's defying that first law of thermodynamics for sure. Exactly. So he the way he tested this was on a dune buggy. So do you ever see those off-road vehicles in the desert? Those huge ones maybe from Mad Max that gives you a better idea? Yeah. Yeah. So he used that, and he did an interview with an Ohio news station, and he talks, He went through exactly how it worked, um, which is pretty interesting because he's highly criticized from scientists uh, saying his, his words, his jargon is not exactly their terminology, so that's why it's hard to communicate. There's a barrier there, and the fact that he didn't graduate from high school or college also makes it hard because he doesn't have the credentials to be a scientist, so there's a little scrutiny there as well. But, however, he does have over 200,000 patents from uh, various industries, so that does give him some credibility, 
Um, this particular patent for the water fuel cell, it took about 12 to 15 years uh, when he thought it was going to take six months and he wanted to get this in order um, and hopefully, you know, help. It took him 15 years to get that patent? And, yeah, around, yeah, exactly. What was it, around like he had to cut through all the red yep. tape or something? Yeah, the red tape and the fact that, I'll tell you this part too. So he ended up going to court uh, a few years before he died because they claimed that the process he was using was fraudulent because it was basically general electrolysis. Um, there was really nothing special to it. That's what the court claimed, and he had to uh, pay all that money back. Oh, so his patent wasn't anything special. Um, he was trying to patent his process, but electrolysis has been around forever. It's been on submarines, so he's trying to patent something that already existed. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's that's what they confirmed. That's what they said. So this dude um, what didn't sound very but, special at all then. Well, it doesn't sound that special, but at the time it was revolutionary because no one ever thought of using water and uh, such as like a hydro hydrogen cell fuel cell to uh, for transportation. So it was something yeah, interesting, you know, unorthodox, something that was new at the time in the seventies. Does anybody have any questions or anything before I uh, move on here? No. Negative. Could- could one of the reasons it took him so long to get the patents is, as you mentioned in the beginning, General Motors was trying to block the patent? Yeah, that's possible. That is very possible. Um, I mean, like I said, that's possible that it could have been the way one of the ways he died. You know, there might have been a few strings attached. Who knows? Well, I'll try to, you know, touch on that later. I don't want to give too much away yet. So mm, That sounds like some conspiracy uh, theories brewing up here with... The little man against the big government. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So, Stanley Meyer claimed that his prototype with the dune buggy that had the water fuel cell, it would take 22 U.S. gallons of H2O from Los Angeles to New York. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That is crazy. What about gas? So, for gas... um, it would take about 114, a little over 114 gallons of gas. Yeah, it would take definitely a lot more gas. Wow, so that if you just do, so. what is it, 114 versus 22, what is that, like five times more? 400. That's like roughly uh, 44. Yep. Yeah. So based on current gas prices, it would take roughly $432 to get, uh, or no, you... Yeah, never mind. But, that's not right. Disregard. Well, it, it's it's about there. I mean, I the number I got from now for nowadays is four hundred eighty-six. Yeah, but listen so. to this. He's saying yeah, that about he that. can extract five Four times away. more energy out of a gallon of water than gasoline, and gasoline is is yeah. widely known as pretty energy dense of a material of a liquid. So I don't think people usually mm-hmm. think of water as energy dense, but. Do you think that's why humans drink water and not gasoline? Because we get more energy out of oh, it? Oh, hey, that's a good point. Well, I don't think we break it, uh, water into hydrogen and oxygen. I don't, do we? I think we get oxygen from the air. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do well, we? I think, no, we, I don't we don't. I, I'm pretty I think sure that's we don't. that's a personal so. choice. Well, you may not, but that doesn't mean some people don't. <laughs> that would require a lot of energy. I've spent I think years training my body. That's why Jonah's so gassy, because he drinks oil all the time. Yeah. Exposed. Exposed. Boom. Informed. Sometimes you just need lubed up, you know. A little jiffy lube. No, but Tish, is that so? Is that another reason 
I mean, how, were these claims verified? I mean, five times more energy density in a gallon of water seems like a bold claim, you know, compared to gasoline. It, exactly, and that's all it was was a bold claim. He never actually got to test it out, unfortunately. Um, so, um, so he claimed the water fuel cell was a constant demand generator, so it would keep running. It would be a cycle, like we said. Um, so it would have the capacitor with inside the water fuel cell. It would run essentially in a circle with uneven inputs and outputs, which does not make sense at all. So Stanley Meyer, did they catch on to this prolific inventor that may have revolutionized the car industry? That is a very good question. We may not find out. So the coroner's office, um, from when they uh, trying to find the cause of death, the, the coroner said that Stanley Meyer died from a brain aneurysm. It was, this is very interesting. So for you conspiracy theorists out there, within the, the language within this statement, the coroner's statement, it says supposedly. So he could have, me may have been poisoned. Um, we will not know. I know from the research I've done, the twin brother that was with him at the time was very skeptical of the Belgian investors and he tried to uh, reach out to them uh, he had no response and they didn't say anything they weren't sorry for Stanley's death they did not mention anything so he from what I gather from what I infer he may think that the Belgian investors did it so hmm. because Stanley Meyer was trying to revolutionize the car industry and lessen the effects of global warming there are, there are reports that stanley as you are as you're a mad venter mad genius that you're paranoid um so it's possible he may not have been poisoned at all but what we could take away from stanley is his ambitions his bravery to affect a positive change within the world even though he was not able to prove his work there may be someone out there who is continuing it right now and I, Ethan, I feel like you know more about this, how there are hydrogen fuel cells today with cars, correct? Sure, yeah. I have a couple comments. So, yeah, you could, yeah. I mean, like you said, man, you know, he might have been a bit uh, crazy for his time, but you can literally go out and buy a hydrogen-powered car nowadays. So, just as, a, just as some groundwork here, this dude who made the hydrogen-powered car, Stanley, right, all he did was had a, wa a tank of water on his car did electrolysis on it which converts that water into hydrogen and oxygen and then he just pumps that hydrogen which is a combustible gas he pumps that back into a regular car engine so it just runs you know it just runs off of hydrogen just like a normal car engine would now th the issue with that and the reason why this violates some laws of thermodynamics is this if you guys think about this right now if you have two magnets and the magnets are already touching right they're already together if you pull those apart you're doing energy. You're doing work on those magnets, right? And then if you let them go and they collapse back onto each other, that same amount of energy that you just used to pull them apart, it gets used up again when they go back together. So the network, the, the total net energy there is just zero. Whereas, that's like Stanley's car, right? Because he's splitting those atoms of water into a hydrogen and oxygen and then burning them back together in the engine. So the net energy there is zero, plus losses makes it negative, which doesn't make any sense. Versus if you had two magnets just sitting on a table that were not touching, and then you let them touch, 
right? So you're not doing the one, you're not the one doing the separating. The only work that you do is you push them together and they connect. Now you have work being done, which is like nowadays there are hydrogen powered cars. Toyota makes one where you just pump it with hydrogen, compressed hydrogen liquid. And so it just uses that as a fuel. And it same thing as a Stanley's car. It doesn't produce any hydrocarbons because there's no carbon in the, in the burning cycle. But it's the same thing. It just they eliminate the step that didn't make any practical sense with Stanley. Um, but, yeah, those are uh, very not common because they're not super practical today. But there are other forms. Like Stanley, you know, like, like Tish said, he paved the way that you can burn gas. There's a such thing as a wood gas. You know, you burn – you literally uh, take timber, smoke it up. You have the uh, fumes created from the gas. You can put that into a motor too. That's combustible. So there's a bunch of different ways, alternative fuels there. Um, so he was definitely a pioneer. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we wrap this one up, do you guys have any questions on anything? Any comments you want to make? Um, yeah, let me ask a question if you don't mind. So Stanley, he put a patent out for this project, which I don't know a ton about patents, um, but that would then make him the only person able to make this product? Or does he receive money from people now who makes these engines? Or his family or beneficiaries receives money. Do you under know? Uh, yeah, I know exactly. He didn't what you're make saying. the patent. So, um, since he's died, the patent has expired. Oh, he did uh, get the patent. Okay. I thought so you said he didn't get a patent. Anyone is free to. Yeah, anyone is free to continue. It took his him work. eighteen years, Ethan. I yeah. thought. I thought you determined that because it's not a new process. It was fraudulent. He did not get the patent for it. Technically, he didn't. But there's also a video I watched where they said it expired. So. So technically, it's a, it's fraudulent because, uh, like we established before, it's simply general electrolysis. But the technology he was using um, in the passenger seat, he had a huge bulky computer with switches and knobs that you can uh, fluctuate so that way you could change the amount of hydrogen um, going through into the car. Um, so yeah. Guys, let me shed a little bit of light on the situation. Sense. So, I'm not a lawyer, but I have spent a fair bit of time studying bird law, okay? But from what I know of patent law is patents are good for 20 years after they are yep. issued. Um, after that, it opens up and it's supposed to allow uh, or prevent a monopoly from developing and allow other companies to come into the space and create a product as well that this way one company doesn't have... Um, the control to charge whatever they want for their products, but so I believe it's twenty years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, twenty. I think it's twenty, twenty or twenty-five. But regardless, I don't think he even got a patent because it was too general of a process. Yeah, exactly. So, from what I gathered, he attempted to get the patent, and then, like I said, a few years before he died, he went to court, and they said, "Oh, it's fraudulent because all this is is general electrolysis." And then he had a Yeah, that'd be like trying to patent but deviled he was eggs. But still pushing the idea a few years, few years That'd be after. like trying to get a patent for deviled eggs and saying that, you know, hard boiling in boiling water uh, is a new process, but it's just a general. Well, hey, are we certain that nobody has a patent on that? We should look into yeah, that. Yeah, Tish, you should look into it and let us know in a tweet. I should, yeah. I can make uh, eggs in the form of your face. <laughs> Whoa, hey. What? A little bacon for your mouth. I think it would be kind of cute. Oh, we, wow. That's convenient. You are wearing an egg shirt. For for those of you at home, he's wearing an egg shirt that says, I'm fried on it. That's right. That doesn't sound it's a fried egg. 
Why? Why is that not appropriate? How how could that That's possibly a- be inappropriate, Jared? Yeah, I just I did, I just didn't think and pardon my my French sunny side up, uh, you know I I didn't think we should express uh, those thoughts. Okay. So thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, check us out wherever podcasts are found. Ethan does brilliant animations and still works. Um, I would definitely check those out on Instagram. Um, give us a like. Give them a follow. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Okay. 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 Yo, I'll see you later. Bye bye in the hizzle. Au revoir.